Welcome to Lovin' and Leavin', the podcast where a divorce attorney and a family therapist talk about the issues that affect relationships, marriage, love, and divorce. I am one of your hosts, Mark Schoendorf. I am a practicing divorce attorney in the Chicagoland area. And I'm your co-host, Denise Ombre. I'm a therapist and I help individuals and couples in the northern suburbs of Chicago navigate relationship issues. And we are here to talk about the different things we see in our professional lives when it comes to relationships. Like jealousy. And infidelity. Personalities. And abuse. And everything else that causes people to leave the one they love. And whether or not those things can be fixed. So welcome to Lovin' and Leavin'. Hello, Denise. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So today, our topic is going to be life after divorce. Life after divorce. Which involves a lot of things. Yes, it does. But you know, at some point, people go through a divorce. It's horrible. Or it's not so horrible. It can be pretty fast. It can be pretty or it fast. it can last forever. But once it's over, now you have a life. Hopefully. Hopefully. You're, you're, you're without a spouse. Yes. You're, you're in this new phase of life. Yes. And so what, what does a person do with themselves once they are out of a marriage? Right. Well, that's the question, I suppose. What do you do with yourself after you're out of a marriage? Well, big thing, obviously, dating, finding someone else, right? Dating. Yeah, that's but, a big question. That's, that's a big question. But what else do people do? People, they still have their, they got to deal with their ex. They got to deal with their ex. And if they have kids, they have to deal with their ex around the kids. Yes. Or they're dating around kids. Or they're dating around kids. Kids are there. Yeah. They've got it all there. going on. So what do you see? Let's talk. We're going to break it down. So first we'll talk about the dating aspect of it. So what is, what do you see in your, in your, coming through your office in terms of people, they just get out of a marriage. They are ready to go back on the market as it were. Yeah, a lot of people are ready to go back on the market or think they're ready to go back on the market right away. Uh-huh. Some people wait a little bit, which I think is advisable. So, <laughs> right. So that's why people think they're ready, but but they're not ready. But they're not necessarily why ready. Are, why are they not ready? Well, I think there's a lot of emotional fallout from a divorce, especially if it's a messy divorce. And you need to give yourself a little time to heal. Okay. Um, but some people want to try dating right away. <laughs> okay. And they get on the internet dating websites and try and meet somebody, you know, pretty quickly and go on a lot of dates really fast. And it's, it's an interesting experience. How, how does that, how does that work for them? How does that turn out? Well, well, I think it turns out differently for everybody, but I think it's, I think it's an interesting experience for most people. Well, let me ask you this. So, you know, dating in your twenties, you're, you're, everyone's looking for their, you know, their, uh, their dream wedding. Everyone's looking for their soulmate. It's a clean right. sheet. Generally, it's a little bit like musical chairs. You know, you gotta find your person. You don't want to end up uh, 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 single forever for what, you know, whatever reason. There's a lot of people, things that motivate people to get into marriage, but um, but dating is, you know, everyone you meet is sort of like, Hey, you're young, you're in the city, you got a job, you know, not a lot of baggage there that you, that you know of. Right. Very different. Very different when you're coming out of a divorce. Right. And you're late thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. Yeah. The landscape is different. The landscape is very different. You've got a lot of baggage coming with you. And they've got a lot of baggage. And they've got a lot of baggage. What's the reaction of people that you see when they get, they start dating and now they realize how different it is. What's the, what's the, what do you see? Well, I think people are surprised by how different it is and surprised by how um, how different they feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of a, a culture shock for them to get back into the dating world. Um, sort of difficult for people emotionally to get back into the dating world. 
it's emotional because they're just not ready to be in a relationship. Or they feel like they're ready to be in a relationship, but it's difficult to find someone to be in a relationship with. Or they aren't ready for the baggage that the other person brings with them. Or they aren't ready to deal with their own baggage in a relationship. Right. And the other person's baggage is whatever is going on in their life, which could be they got divorced. They have kids. They have an ex. Right. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're a widow or widower. Right. Which is a whole different set of... That's actually a whole different set of circumstances because now they feel like they got to live up, you know, beyond a dead person, right? Right. At least right. if you know the person you're dating also got divorced, you know, you're like, well, I'm probably better than their ex. <laughs> That's what you think. Yes. But, right. That's the hope, right? <laughs> right. He's here with me, right? But if, you know, if there's someone who is, you know, dealing with a situation where somebody passed away, all of a sudden, do they, do they deal with that where there is? Sure. Then I have you to live have, up to this. You have this, to live up to the idol of the, of the dead wife. Or or husband, right? Yeah, I'm I'm curious if there are any any weird stories there, like oh, a shrine or anything. Sh- <laughs> I haven't run into a shrine yet, but I have seen some people who yeah have trouble living up to the to the dead spouse. Yeah, and then here's another question. So what about somebody who is coming out of um, a divorce or coming out of a marriage? Maybe they've got kids, and now they're dating somebody that's never been married. Does that happen? That happens, and. It's it's interesting because when you when you meet somebody who's say in their 40s or 50s and they've never been married and they're still dating and looking for the right person if they want to get married and they are dating someone with kids it's it's very difficult for them to adjust to dealing with that person's kids and ex and because they don't have any of that in their life. Right. They're still looking for they have that clean sheet. They're they want a situation where they come first or they are, uh, you know, they sort of can prioritize their social calendar That's and are, right. not, are not used to sharing it. They're not used to sharing it. And of course, someone with, with children and a, an ex-spouse, they've got a, a very rigid calendar. That's right. Usually involves every other weekend. That's right. right? Um, I'm sure there is, there is a, what I see from clients um, is there is a lot of, uh, you know, they get... If it is a standard every other weekend, it's not always that case, but then at least they have some off time. At least they have some off time, yes. Oh, great. But they're not as flexible as somebody who doesn't have kids. Right. Yeah. Right. The person who's flexible, maybe they have to deal with living up to the expectations of this person and their their whims, I guess. Yeah. And so that's that's tough. What other issues come up when, with dating? Well, I think that internet dating gets old pretty quickly. Okay. And, you know... People find that there's not as much out there as they thought in terms of people to date. Right. And they get discouraged. Um, and it's difficult to meet people depending on your age range. It's it's even more difficult to meet people. Right. And at, at, at some point, I mean, people are at different stages. Well, at different stages of the process of coming out of a divorce, right? So, mm-hmm. so is there a difference between somebody who got to, you know, Divorced three or four months ago versus someone who got divorced three or four years ago. Sure, different, different how. In terms of how, of what, how they're ready for a relationship. Absolutely. How yeah, is, how I does think that, work? that the longer you've been divorced, the more ready you are for a relationship. Okay. I, I think that, like I said, you, it takes time to heal. It takes time to let go of your spouse, your ex-spouse. It takes time to figure out the the kind of how to deal with your ex-spouse, how to deal with the kids, how to deal with your new life. 
you know, how to manage both dating and your new life. Right. When it comes to the legal field, obviously, is first of all, so when one partner moves on, one spouse moves on a little more readily than the other, mm-hmm. that could sort of engender some 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 bad feelings. Yes. The, the one person, you always want to be the first person to move on, right? Right. <laughs> So it's always hard when the other person moves on first. Right, of course. Um, but then uh, you might have, uh, you know, that sort of play out in in the courtroom because mm-hmm. the other spouse is grumbling and mad that you're you're moving on, and they decide that they're going to hold on to you exactly through lawyers. Yeah, and, and that gets messy. It gets messy because they're basically saying, "I'm in your life, and you need to pay attention to me," um, and so we're going to fight over inane stuff like camp expenses and and oh my god you didn't let the kid go to the birthday party and you're a terrible parent and things like that yeah with kids it gets really messy when one person or both people can't let go right and then so another issue with dating is you have a new relationship are you introducing this person to your kids do they have kids are you putting the kids together are you what happens there well and that's where i see people who do it well and people who do it poorly you know if you are dating a string of people and introducing a string of people to your kids that does not seem to go well for the children Uh, If you wait until you're serious about someone to introduce them to the kids, that seems to go better. And people try, I know, you know, as you've said, people try and put that in the divorce decree about when you can introduce someone new to the children, but that's hard to enforce. So here's here's my thoughts. Yes, that's in there a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is something that people put in to their settlement agreements and people are funny about it. They will say, you know, you have to be dating for six months or you have to, or a year or you have to be engaged. And then some people, they don't want it at all. They say, look, they don't want restrictions because they realize it goes both ways. Now, what I have to tell my clients is, first of all, if you had to go to a trial, a judge would never do that. And a judge would never say, you know, you're divorced now and you can't introduce anybody to your kids. Basically, the judge is going to say, you guys have to act in your kid's best interest. Somewhere along the way, someone got that bright idea and it's stuck. Um, but the problem with you know, putting some clause in there that says you can't introduce somebody to the kids for X amount of time is what, what do you do with that? As a lawyer, how do I enforce that? Mm-hmm. I basically, the, the kids have to testify in some form or fashion or rat out their parents. And, you know, kid has to tell mom or dad that I met the new boyfriend. And then that parent gets all up in arms and we start the whole process and, you know, and then what happens? So, you know, the kids don't testify to judges. We get some intermediary, some, you know, child representative to come in and talk about it. And it's really ends up being much ado about nothing. If, if it's good faith, okay. You know, uh, mom's got a new boyfriend. Okay. They're together. They're serious. They've been dating for a year. You know, these things happen. Life goes on. Uh, but then you have a situation where, you know, if there's a string of people, mm-hmm. that could be bad. And that, that just, that's just a reflection of the decision-making faculties of that parent. Exactly. And that's just not good for the kids. And, you know, but people do it and there's really nothing to be done about it. You just, you just try and discourage people from doing that kind right. of thing. And then the ultimate trump card in all this is that they'll get remarried, <laughs> right? Right. And maybe they get remarried very quickly or to somebody that's not very desirable. But at that point... What are you going to do? Well, you only have so much leverage. Well, it's, you know, the person's new family. So, you know, mm-hmm. ha, you know, it's not so easy. It's one thing if you're dating some guy that that's kind of a weirdo and you say, well, I don't want to run my kids, but right. You know, dad has remarried somebody that's, she's in the life now. That's, that's who it is. And there's not really much, you know, you can do about that. 
Exactly. Um, so other than, than dating and all the stuff that that entails, so after the divorce, the parties have to co-parent if they have children. They have to co-parent. And again, some people do it well and some people do it poorly. Um, you know, like I said in one of our previous things, we're hoping that people love their kids more than they hate each other. Right. Because co-parenting is a really big deal. And if you can get along enough to cooperate, it's it's really the best thing for your children. What kind of issues do you see when it comes to, you know, the aftermath of, of co-parent or co-parenting in the aftermath of a divorce? Oh, I see everything from people who can't agree on, you know, what kind of toothpaste the kids should use to people who will cooperate around what camps the kids should go to. So, you know, really it runs the gamut. I mean, I feel the thing about co-parenting or parenting issues after divorce, you know, we, we go through the whole process and we put together a parenting plan and we allocate responsibilities and we have, a, a, you know, schedules and all these clauses and of how things are going to go. And I find that there's either, there's two camps. There are um, the people who uh, they can do it well mm-hmm. and they understand they need to be flexible. They need to be understanding. They need to be respectful of the other party's relationship with the children and the other parties need to have a, a life of their own. Um, That's the hope. And so they don't, you know, they understand that, okay, if I have to give up a weekend here or we can trade some days or, uh, you know, if uh, Billy's going to soccer, but it's my time and I got to take him, that's just how life goes. And then there's the other side of it, mm-hmm. which is people who can't do anything. Exactly. People who really can't agree on anything. And why are people not agreeing? You know, spite is a big one. Sure. They want to stick it to the other spouse. They want to make things as difficult as possible for this person that left them or that made their life difficult in some way. They want to take their anger out on the other person and they do it through through refusing to co-parent in a cooperative way. Right. I mean, I, I mean that's I see that all the time. Yeah. And it's horrible. And it's, it's horrible. And people can't. Um, you know, they get divorced and they immediately start, you know, continue the litigation. That's They're immediately right. doing these small tit for tat things or large things, or that, you know, they just, they negotiated something and then it seems innocuous and then they start taking advantage of it or they sort of expect everything to be black and white. Right. And, and they try and live by the exact parenting agreement to the letter and never trade a single day or never be flexible in any way. And that just isn't real life. That just doesn't work. Right. Sometimes I get the feeling that they are refusing to co-parent or they're remaining in litigation. And we talked about this before. They can't let go. They can't. They want to do any attention. Even bad attention is good attention. That's right. They can't let go of each other. Right. Yeah. They need some sort of remaining connection to each other. And why is that? Well, people have trouble saying goodbye and letting things be final. Either they're they still have lingering feelings for their ex that they haven't dealt with. And I mean, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. So if they hate their ex, that's an extreme emotion. It's an extreme emotion. They're still tied to that person. Just like love is an extreme emotion. Just like love is an extreme emotion. That's an interesting thought. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So they're still tied to that person very deeply. Right. And, and so they're going to, you know, make them be noticed. Uh, you know, I've seen cases, for example, where one spouse gets remarried and the other spouse is like, well, all bets are off now. You know, now we're going to, you know, 
Uh, you now know, we're going to litigate everything. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you think you're going to spend your, your hunky-dory life with your new husband or wife? No, we're going to spend time in the courtroom. Exactly. And, uh, and, and a lot of focused, you know, attention. Um, and they just can't, uh, and they can't seem to get along. Or they, I mean, it's not that they can't seem to get along. They but can't they, let go. They can't let go. They can't let go. Yeah. So in order to get past that, is there a way to get past that? Well, I think they need some someone to talk to. They need some therapy to get past that because, you know, it's pretty deeply entrenched, um, those kinds of emotions. And they don't always see very clearly what's going on. So I would suggest some, you know, some therapy. And that's great if somebody's amenable if they're amenable to it. Yeah, but if they're if they're if they're not, they're gonna really struggle. And this is where we talk about people with personality disorders. Really that, struggle. Yeah. They they they, they are just uh, they can't take the affront to their ego that they might be in the wrong. Exactly. And so let's just keep on keep on trucking That's right. with uh, with the former spouse. Um, so we talked about before about dating, but you know, to what extent, you know, people wanna move on, but they still find themselves in relationships, uh, I mean, they're basically looking for the same person, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, this is why people end up in the same kind of relationship again and again and again. It's really the same person they're with with a different face, right? Because we're attracted to the same type of person and we end up with the same exact problems in a different relationship. And this this is like, you know, somebody goes out on, on you know, they're, they're dating, they go out on the market, whatever it is, but they're still looking for somebody that, that fits their mold. Yes, we tend to be drawn to the same types of people again and again and again. Um, and we tend to be drawn to people who are at our same level of healing. Okay. So That's the, interesting. Yeah. So the goal is to heal ourselves, to, to get better ourselves, so that we attract people who are then have done their own work and are more evolved. So like two people that just got divorced or like are separated and are at the beginning of that process... That does not bode well. Not so much. Not if they're both pretty raw and not in a good place. So how long does it take for someone to get over or to feel like they're they're ready, I guess, emotionally to accept a new relationship or be in a healthy new relationship? Well, I think everybody's different. And it depends, honestly, on how much grieving they've done and letting go they've done before the divorce happens and how long the divorce takes. Like some people have done a lot of grieving for the marriage before the divorce even starts. So, but if if the divorce was a surprise to them and they've just started letting go and grieving this relationship when the divorce starts, then they need some time, you know, at least a year. Right, wow. And so then somebody who's... You know, fresh on the market versus somebody who's been divorced for four or five years, they're not at the same place. They're not at the same place. Right. And even still, you, people are still looking for their, their, their type. Yeah, and even still, they're still looking for their type. That's right. right. And they need, to, they need to recognize what they brought to the last relationship and what their part in the, the, the marriage was and the problems were. And so they're not going to uh, be able to, I mean, they're going to keep finding the same person you know, so the mm -hmm. same problem, the same type of relationship over and over again. And that doesn't stop until that when? doesn't well, it doesn't really ever stop. It's just that we have to we have to heal ourselves enough that we can can recognize what the problems are and know how to deal with them. Right. So someone's on wife number three and they're thinking of leaving again. They have to have an aha moment of like maybe the common denominator here is me. Is me. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have a saying that you're 100% responsible for 50% of the relationship. <laughs>
So that's that's okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And you have to recognize what your 50% contribution is. And if a person doesn't make that recognition, they're never going to have a successful relationship. Right. Okay. And so, uh, so it takes a certain amount of self-reflection and understanding if they're going to want to get better. Exactly. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lovin' and Leavin'. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please find and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends about us. And of course, if you yourself are having personal or relationship issues that you would like to work on or need help with, and you live in or near Chicago, you can find me on the internet at deniseombre.com. That's A-M-B-R-E. Or call at 847-729-3034. Again, on the web at deniseombre.com or 847-729-3034. If you are unfortunately at a point where your relationship or marriage is not working and you need legal guidance, I am available. I focus on all aspects of family and divorce law, including child custody, support, dividing property, businesses, handling parenting time and visitation, and everything that goes along with it. You can visit me on the web at IllinoisDivorceLaw.net, again, IllinoisDivorceLaw.net, or call 312-878-1202 to set up a consultation. Again, 312-878-1202, and I would be happy to help. Please mention the podcast when you call. And if there's a topic you think we should cover, let us know on Twitter or Facebook. Thanks again, and join us next time on Lovin' and Leaving.